When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Goat whore have returned with their new album, Angels, Hung from the Arches of Heaven. Available everywhere October 7th. The title of the record is both deep and direct. Vocalist Ben Falquist, knowing exactly where he is coming from. It is a basis of human despondency, the arc of life, and its relationship with a personal abyss of overwhelming emotion and thought. A mixture of esoteric ideas and biblical scriptures, and the journey to the places some care not to venture on mental paths. The rise and fall of the self, and how the abyss can be a turning point for some, and a passageway to oblivion for others. It is blunt and to the point, just like the countless aspects of life. Guys, listen, watch new videos in order right now at metalblade.com slash goat horror. Angels hung from the arches of heaven. Goat horror's latest record is coming out October 7th. Also, Sweden's Defleshed are back with their first new album in 17 years. Grind over matter. Slams onto digital and physical shelves on October 28th, and these Swedes haven't lost a step. Their blend of thrash, death, and grindcore is as vital as as ever 11 tracks 34 minutes all killer no filler the band originally reformed to record a couple new songs for a box set but enjoy the process so much they expanded the effort into a full-length album haven't heard defleshed they're for fans of at the gates revocation exhumed and you can listen watch and order right now metalblade.com slash defleshed once again sweet is defleshed first new album in 17 years grind over matter coming out october 28th go to metalblade.com slash defleshed this is the metal sucks podcast with your hosts petter spike brandon hahn and sylvia alvarado metal sucks podcast hello everyone out there how are all you doing wonderful people it is i your host petter spike i am always joined by jocelyn sharp you can find me on the internet at wizardofjaws.com that's like wizard of oz with a j bro yeah bro and don't forget sylvia you can find me on instagram because i'm not really on twitter but instagram at it's the sylvia as long as they know the one joint, we are good to go. And make sure to follow our <laughs> other co-host. That is uh, Brent Hahn, at your buddy Gooch, is his handle on Instagram and Twitter. If you guys want to follow me, I am at our other podcast handle. That is 
at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week we have Johan Lindquist from Candle Mass. And oh, are we excited to celebrate the latest record, Sweet Evil Sun. It, it came out a week ago. Man, if you guys haven't listened to this thing, make sure you're getting your ears on that. Super excited to promote it. Super excited to finally get an interview with him. Being a huge Candle Mass fan for all the years that I have been. But before... My interview with Johan, me, Jaws, Sil. We're going to talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. First story. I feel a lot of anger. I don't know why I feel like this is an angry story to discuss. Because we've been dealing with this for years. And it's a complaint that every single person that's ever bought a ticket since the internet age <laughs> has dealt with. Mm. Uh, I mean, seriously, dude, it's it's it should be easier. I rem- but anyways, I digress. Let me read the headline to the story uh, written. By- He's already getting fired up. I am, I am, I do because I remember. Uh, we'll talk about it. Sorry, headline to the stoner, written by Hesher Keenan, of course. Lawmakers to hold hearings on Ticketmaster's bullshit. That is the headline. Guys, there was a big thing that happened with Taylor Swift. Can you guys fill me in on that? Because I wasn't really following the Taylor Swift thing. The Taylor Swift thing was like her her uh, Midnight Store got announced and she had all this like crazy social media buzz behind it. And then what happened is, here's what I heard happened. I mean, I literally am two brain cells away from being a rock, so I wouldn't take any of this as fact. But I... So they tickets go on sale on Ticketmaster, right? And they have like bots and stuff from all these side websites and all these people that make side hustles off of reselling tickets. They make these bot programs and then they buy them up. And then the price of the tickets skyrockets as they start to sell quicker and quicker. And then the tickets are on sale on other websites for crazy amounts of money. And Ticketmaster has no protections in place to ensure that that doesn't happen. I believe that every ticket I get these days, if it's something that's like a hot commodity, I have to get gouged at some rando website like you're talking about. <laughs> like, and I'm not going to name them. but um, And if I don't, like it's usually sporting events for me. Um, and I'm not saying anything negative about metal. I, I usually get the, the metal tickets a little bit easier um, through Sylvia. <laughs> 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 It's true. It's true. I I mean, I I really. This is gonna make me sound like a jerk. I really haven't had to buy a ticket, like a concert ticket, in a really long time. You work for everybody that doesn't know at Comp ninety two point three, the Las Vegas rock station. You work at a radio station, so it's quite all right that uh, you don't have to do that. But um, it is part of the perks. It is part of the perks, absolutely. So, um, but I'm talking about like if you know, I'm a big boxing guy, you know. And I know our sport's been suffering with just the bullshit of the sport itself, but there are still major fights that happen out here in Las Vegas. And and when I want to buy a ticket to a major fight, I'm always, you know, day of, ready to go. Let's do this. Let me try to get some seats before I have to pay $1,500 a pop or some stupid amount. And, dude, it, it doesn't work. The website doesn't work. I get booted out, and then all that's left is some nosebleeds, and then eventually I have to go to these fucking asshole sites and then you have to do that like the day before so you get the best deal and it's like such a fucking scam you know um and part of me is like why why like like why and then if i do get the ticketmaster thing you're right i'm complaining too much if i do get the ticketmaster ticket 
and say the ticket price, let's just make one up, 150 for a ticket, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you get your tickets, and then what do you pay at the end? 560 like with fees per ticket. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, and you still got to pay for parking when you get there. You know, there's nothing like, what, what, some. Yeah. So the whole thing is that's, just like. A, that's the part that sucks too. Well, and it's monopolized because Ticketmaster is contracted with these venues. Yeah, correct. So, if you want to work these venues, you have to go through Ticketmaster. And if you want to go through Ticketmaster, your fans are going to have to pay the Ticketmaster tax. So here is what was said by um, AB, Amy Klobuchar uh, from the uh, that's going to do this Senate antitrust panel. She's part of it. The high fees, site disruptions, and cancellations that customers experience shows how Ticketmaster's dominant market position means the company does not face any pressure to continually innovate and improve. We will hold a hearing on how consolidation in the live entertainment and ticketing industry harms customers and artists alike. And then it goes on to say, and this is a quote that I want to read from the National Consumers League. It says, Live Nation and Ticketmaster merged in 2010. Despite promises of increased competition and consumer benefits, they now control 70% primary ticketing and live event venue markets. They're hiking up ticket prices, charging rip-off junk fees, and exploiting artists, independent venues, and fans. The Department of Justice can reverse this merger and bring competition back to the industry. Help us demand that they do that. Now, I don't know if you guys are old enough um, because you guys are younger than me by uh, you know a fair, fair amount of years, but do you remember when Pearl Jam, like, testified against Ticketmaster like in the 90s because no. of this I remember shit. it was a story. Yeah. Like that happened, yeah. Like they they had a they had a big beef with Ticketmaster in the 90s because of this. Because their fans couldn't get tickets to the show and the fees and all that stuff and um it feel like we're still there if not worse. So um I think well what Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder are doing now with Ticketmaster is that they have something I think it's called like verified fans. Mhm. And they make it, um, like, you only, you have to be, like, in a club or, like, their fan club in order to get the chance to get tickets. Something like that. Like, what is this, the apocalypse? Is this the lottery? <laughs> is that what we're doing here? <laughs> have you not heard? Yeah, so, like, because we've tried to give away tickets, and because they, with that, they can't give us, like, physical tickets or, like, digital tickets, they're digital tickets, but they have to go to your phone number. It's something weird like that. But yeah, like, I think they try to make it a little bit hard. Yeah, but, but then I, if they cancel, if they cancel, then I don't think you get a refund. I don't like it. You're fucked. But that's the fucked up thing about Ticketmaster is they make you accept all these terms and conditions to buy tickets to see Banjo Love. And like my husband and I, we're not exactly rolling in the dough. And we got fucked on our Aftershock tickets. We just had to eat that money because of the pandemic. Like they didn't do anything for the, for us, anything mm. for the people who had Aftershock tickets. Like so, it's fucked up. Do you guys, were you guys ever waiting in line overnight for tickets? Did you guys ever have to no. do that? Like fucking get the oh, bench out? I waited out? in line overnight for Pokemon card drops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's the same. I have a different energy. It's the same. Same. Like yours is the excitement. You're waiting. And 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 uh, like again, I I don't know if going back to you know camping out for seventy two hours to get the front row ticket for that uh you know Chili Pepper show or whatever the case. I've just made up a band that I know sells well. Um. I, I don't know if that experience is like something that I, I, it sounds horrible. 
that you have to do that to get that ticket, but like you're earning that front fucking row. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, I'm gonna earn this shit. That's what's sitting there and refreshing the pages right now. Yeah, but you can refresh the page and it just crashes. I've done this with boxing tickets, and then it's like all of a sudden because of bots or I don't know. Like that's the thing is you read online, you're like, there's bots, there's all these other websites that have the the quicker advantage. So like as a fan, you just get booted to the to the nosebleeds if you're like ready to go on the internet for the Ticketmaster. To be honest, I will I will not go to a concert if Ticketmaster is the ticket broker a lot of the time. Oh. I, because you never know. Yeah, wow. I just don't want to. I don't want to deal yeah. with it. Like, if I can't buy tickets directly from the venue, I'm honestly, half the time now, I'm like, nah, fuck it. Like, I know I'm just going to get screwed. Like, Interesting. See, I, I, I'm... I'm, I'm... Uh, it's like to me, the bullshit and the politics ain't gonna stop me from seeing a band or a sporting event yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but like, I do hate it. I I'm friends with like Sylvia and people, <laughs> you know. So I'm also privileged in that like I can make the choice not to see my favorite bands, but a lot of the times I get to see them anyway. You know. Yeah. Well, we get we we, we got to have the conversation based on not that. You know, we got we got to have the because because there's a lot yeah. of people, you know, um, that, you know, it'd be heartbreaking. But I, it's funny the, the the yeah. But do you understand if these venues decided to break their contract with Ticketmaster, if they decided to end their contract at the end, and they decided to contract directly with these artists, what would change? It changed the landscape. It, it just takes one. There's like buzz on the internet that Taylor Swift might break all of her contracts and just go independently selling her tickets i mean but other bands and then can you imagine if like if she lowers the prices yeah yeah other bands have done this so pearl jam did this this is what we were talking about earlier and it doesn't seem to be easier for fans it just seems like no they got to go through a lot of hoops it sounds like yeah like uh, i don't know if anybody else does it but i know for sure like eddie better and pearl jam they do it so unless you're going back to, hey, standing in line and here's your physical ticket type of situation. But then, I mean, I'm sure that there's problems with that as well. But, dude, this is this is a big problem that we're not going to solve in the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I do love the fact that lawmakers are looking into it and trying to make it a little bit less, um, you know, just problematic but um one artist that did say something and i do want to bring this up before we move on to the next story is m shadows this here's the headline m shadow says artists are partially to blame in ticket Moss, ticket master debacle so here here we go this is what he said um if you think Ticketmaster sets the price of tickets you're wrong the artist does if the supply is 52 stadiums, but the demand is 900 stadiums, per the New York Times, you don't automatically deserve a ticket because you are a fan. Demand exceeded supply. This is He's talking about the Taylor Swift tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, per dynamic pricing, artists have watched front row tickets go for 10 times, 20 times face value from scalpers, but see none of the, but see none of the upside. Ask yourself if that is fair. It may suck, but is it fair? Leave it to grandstanding politicians to get involved in something they know nothing about and leave it to artists to shrug their shoulders and point the blame. Hmm. Sylvia, thoughts? Uh, I don't know. No solutions. What is his point that he's trying to I know. Like, I don't. He's like mad that people that didn't get tickets want tickets. I understand. He does come off off very um, bitter. A bit. 
Uh, unless because he's a little bit better, maybe because it, it that's never happened to to avenge sevenfold. Well, uh, oh, S- I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry. Scalpers are uh, are, are making <laughs> sometimes ten times, twenty times, like he said. Um, and the band doesn't get any of that. Up. It is fucked up. So if a ticket costs a hundred dollars and a scalper sells her for two grand, yeah, that's a problem, you know. Um, but there is no policing that. There is. You know, nothing to do that. So, um, we're I mean, like, people stand outside of every concert I go to still, and they're like, you know, tickets, tickets, you need tickets. Like, it's just out there. Yeah. Dude, that's happening. You know what? I have a story about that. There were some people that flew. This is a true story, if I may. Hmm. Okay. 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 Some people flew in, and this is for, um, God, this is the during the Deja and To Do. It's brand new, was the band, right? And I got tickets for me and my girlfriend at that time. It was like 2002, 2001. I can't remember. Whenever that record came out. And there was these people that flew from Belgium to see the band. Right? And I wasn't huge into the band. It was just there was this hype. And, you know, I got the record with Tattoo on there because I liked Audrey Audrey Tattoo. Uh, And the record was great. And I really liked it. I was like, hey, this band's good, you know, for what they do. And um, these people were trying to get in, and they were holding a sign, please, anybody get, sell me your tickets, sell me your tickets. And they were holding the sign. So they were kind of like making this like demonstration. And I remember at the time, I'm like, I told my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, mm, do we really care? No. I'm like, here you go. And I hand the guys. It was a guy, a girl, and there was like six of them. But I, I just handed my pair. I'm like, you guys can have my tickets. And security, fucking takes me, takes them, takes the tickets, moves us out. Like, And I'm like, no, I gave them my tickets. They're like, yeah, right, right? So none of us got to go to the show. Oh, so no. I swear to God. And I'm like, guys, I didn't sell them shit. I just gave it to them because they flew from... Dude, no, no, like nothing. So, yeah. So what ended up happening is that I was like, guys, just kind of sneak in after an hour and do the tickets, and we're kind of watching from the side, and they sneak in. And one person gets in, and then the other dude had, like, green hair. So his girl got in, and then he went in, and then they busted him again. And so she got in for free. And we're like, we got one in. And he was like, dude, like, all sad about it because they flew. And um, so when it goes to handing tickets out in the front of the venues, some venues, uh, you know, it, it can backfire on you, Joss. Because they, 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 I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Who gives a fuck, right? I don't understand it, especially if you're if there's no money being exchanged. But I guess there's no way to guarantee they didn't like Venmo you or something. I guess, but this was before Venmo, so I don't yeah, know this is, this was back in the day. But I think it was because they were holding the sign, and then I gave them tickets that they thought I was a scalper, and they attacked me, which I um, which I wasn't. You know, I was just like, well, fuck it, I don't really care about this band, and uh, these people obviously care a lot because they're going to fly out to Las Vegas to see this man. But um, well, that's the weird thing about buying concert tickets in this day and age is like you had physical tickets. That's one thing. But like, I was just thinking about the fact that my one, we were young tickets, right? So mm-hmm. my friend, so she bought tickets and they sent her double what she bought. So we, she had extra tickets and mm-hmm. so she gave myself and my husband a pair and that's how we got to go. So we were really grateful, but I noticed there was a, a person's, a random person's name on the tickets. And I was like, Oh, how do you even know? Like when you buy these tickets from these third parties, that like, you know, this isn't just like a, a screenshot, you know? Like, well, it would still be able to scan, right? Yeah, but the thing is, is if they go into the venue and it's uh, all scans, then uh-huh. 
then they're going to say, no, you've already, this ticket's already, it's been, already been scanned. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I was kind of crossing my fingers all the way up to the door, you know? So it's like, even, <laughs> it's, even if scalping was like legal, like you're still putting yourself at risk of getting scammed. Oh boy, man! This is a yeah. This this is like lawmakers. <laughs> this is like more this problems is, on top of problems. Yeah, this is yeah. why lawmakers need to get involved. Like this is insanity, man. Oh wow, yeah. oh, it's it's yeah, a huge so business. Shadows, I don't know. We have even gotten metalheads to consistently wear deodorant. Like we can't handle this problem. <laughs> I don't know what don't stat know you got, shadows. but every every metalhead I know, Old Spice, all day. <laughs> all day. You don't know a lot of metalheads, then. Yeah. <laughs> every every hard rock guy, Axe Effect, all day. <laughs> Axe Effect? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know, dude. I just look at I just look at Shinedown, and I'm like, Axe. I just, they smell like Axe body spray. <laughs> I'll never forget when I saw Shinedown with Papa Roach. Shinedown was giving all these speeches about being drug free and getting closer to Christ. It was weird. And uh, right. <laughs> he is a darling though. I feel like <laughs> No, I'm so sorry. Crazy. I totally am talking shit, but this is so funny. I saw him at the Grand Cedar Resort in Marino. So he's doing he's like being and people are like clapping. They're not like totally bad into it, but he's giving yeah. all these speeches about living your life clean and like, you know, doing the right thing. And then <laughs> Jacoby comes out from Papa Roach and the first thing he says is he goes, oh, God. Who's getting fucked up and having sex? <laughs> <laughs> And the crowd just loses it. It just made me laugh because I just pictured Shine Down in the back, like, oh man. <laughs> Come on, man. I just had a whole I had a full, full conversation. Making <laughs> yeah. me look bad over here. That's Come all on. I think about whenever somebody says Shine Down is how lovely must have been in the green room. The mixed Aww. messages of the Shine Down Paparotto concert. I, I can see I can see that being difficult. But I guarantee you oh, it smelled like axe effects. <laughs> Next story, guys. Before we jump into our interview with Johan, a real quick, real quick story. Um, New Year's Eve in Las Vegas is amazing. Uh, if you want to leave your house and go to the strip, actually, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take that back a little bit because one of the things that people always say is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to the strip for Las Vegas. I want to walk the strip. It's gonna be crazy, and there's gonna be you know, and all that stuff. Eh. It's horrible. It's freezing. You can't Crowded. get." You can't get into casinos, bro, because casinos, yeah, you're like, it's 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 good to do. Yeah, it's good to do one time. There's nowhere to pee. Nowhere to pee. (laughs) Nope. I actually, I actually told a story a couple years ago. The the last time I did the strip, I was probably like 18 or 19, and I saw a guy die. Did I tell you guys this? Oh, yeah, true story. Um, we were walking. We didn't know he died at the time. Right. It was like the next day, but we were walking and there was some dude. It was between the valleys and at the Barbary Coast at the time. It was Dre's now. It's a different place. Right. Was it Barbary Coast? I Mm -hmm. think so. Um, Yeah, we're going back like 20 something years. And some dude climbed all the way up the the lights, you know, the Las Vegas Boulevard street lights. He climbed up and he fell. And he and, died. And he, yeah, he died. We looked up in the paper, and he was like, died. But all, uh, all we heard was, like, I looked up, and I'm like, this guy's fucking crazy, bro. Look how tall, like, high, how high that is. He's standing on the lights, right? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I didn't see him fall, but we kept walking towards the Caesar's Palace, and I think we were by the Flamingo, and all of a sudden, you just heard a good go, oh, and you turn around, and I saw he wasn't up there anymore, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. that guy wasn't fucking oh fell. God. Just kept walking like nothing happened, and then you look in the paper yesterday fatality on the strip then you're like oh fuck uh, that guy <laughs> like right so gross. that was to the be l- honest i am very in favor of not if you're local not leaving your house on new year's eve uh, i'm very in favor of that yeah yeah if you're local i agree but 
concert wise i always I try to do a, i always try to see a band or someone uh, I, that's me i've always been like all right let's just make it an event and you know do what you do you know like and just get in and out I, I, if i can it's not every no, can you get in and out no no i uh last band no because like the the what it, like the streets are closed or the strip is closed until like what a little after midnight mm. or one o'clock yeah. i got trapped on the strip once was it for the Foo Fighters? Was it last year or two yeah. years ago? Yeah. At the, it, that was like in 2018? Uh, God, I feel like it, yeah, it couldn't have been 2020. It must have been 2019. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was a couple of years ago, and I got stranded because my friend, I don't know what happened, his phone wasn't working, and then he decided to leave without telling me because his phone wasn't working, and he didn't go into the venue to let me know he was leaving. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I was stranded. Did you get to sing and, "Best of You" like all of us? Did you do the best? It was a good time. That was at midnight. I was so pissed off. Yeah, "Best of You" <laughs> was at midnight. Got abandoned. What, I what got abandoned on the strip. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like that's part <laughs> of the New Year's like, thing. I don't even know. I have no idea where I walked. Like my 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 aunt was a cop at the time, so like she was on the strip. So like I had to find her, and I don't know what. I don't. I don't know. I. You have to have a face that you're pissed off, but you know where you're going to be left alone. Yeah, uh, ooh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. And yeah, I don't. It's like part. Of, yeah, yeah it's, it can go either ways. But. <laughs> and I'm like, I got so mad at him. The the hike. The, that's good. Uh, that's good. The hike is about a mile and a half up to the Rio, uh, and that's where you can park and then walk to the strip and flamingo. I know people don't know what I'm talking about, but you go there and then, and then you kind of, you have to find that place in the back where people will know, but you still have to walk like an hour. I remember one year I parked at the Thomas yeah. and Mack Center, which is UNLV, the college. It was like four miles, dude. And I remember mm -hmm. walking after New Year's, we did our thing. All right, let's go back to our cars at the Thomas and Mack Center. And it was 3 a.m. when I got to the car and I was like this and it's freezing outside or freezing for Vegas, which is, I mean, it's still fucking cold. So the whole experience, like I'm anti it, but, um, if a if a if a concert no 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 I'm anti I'm anti walking the strip walking it right and the, by the way the reason we're talking about this is because this year my plan was to go see the Misfits in Las Vegas um, for the New Year's Eve thing but they just canceled it and that's what the uh, the the headline is Misfits forced to cancel their New Year's Eve show the reason they said it was an unexpected personal matter now. That's like what the guy who calls out all the time at work says when he calls out. Yeah. <laughs> I have an unexpected personal matter. I guess. Yeah, but those are like the greatest excuses. You, you can't really ask anything back. And, they, <laughs> and truthfully, they you were... You just have to trust them. <laughs> they were playing at the Manly Bay, which is the easiest route out. For It's still a mile yes. walk out, but you can park at like, you know... Town I guess Square. Town Square or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and get there. Um, but it was going to be like, all right, that's going to be an easy route out, you know, type of thing. Where? The Mandalay Bay? What the fuck? Dude, who are you people? That is. <laughs> where else do you park? That's 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 the, that's New park. Year's. I park my ass on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, like. I have a Jaws, but I mean, if you have to go see a, a show at, at Mandalay Bay, I mean, that's the easiest one. You got to plan a mile. Uh, at least mile walk to a car, man. So don't wear heels. Yeah, I'm telling you, like if you're gonna go hey, to a concert, I'm not there's be walking a mile anywhere ever. There's no I'm way out. Walk to my couch. 
Yeah, there's no way out, dude. Foo, Foo Fighters was at the Cosmo. That was in the middle of the strip. Like, that was oh, yeah, a that fucking was tough one for us. It was like, how the fuck are we going to get out of here? we got to park way over that's there. My, yeah. That's why my aunt couldn't get to me. <laughs> I had to go to her. I knew a friend that, that owns like a, he, you know, a, he, he does film and, and movies and stuff like that. And his actual shop and his studio is like right behind the Cosmo. And I was like, hey, man, can I park my car? here he's like yeah sure so he opened up the garage so i i was virtually like i just got it wasn't it was still kind of far maybe like five blocks but not like crazy far so i just parked at his uh film studio and then got out easily and i was like yeah but anyways point is you gotta plan that right um Mm -hmm. and so the misfits unexpected personal matter i'm kind of surprised at at this this was my plan tenacious d's playing as well the on the thirtieth and the thirtieth first. So I got tickets to see Tenacious D on the thirtieth with my wife, and then the plan was to try to see the Misfits the next day. And I, she's never seen the Misfits. That's where we we're going. And I'm just gonna say it. I'm super happy it got canceled, so I don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> low key, low key happy. I'm, I was like, what? She was like, oh fuck, and I'm like. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one, Sylvia said the tickets was hella expensive. Too. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah. A friend of mine said it was like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Maybe that's why, and that's I mean speculation. I'm not gonna say that, but I don't I don't know if people are gonna pay that to see the Misfits, considering you know at this point. Um, that's a that's a major venue. It's a lot of tickets. It's, I think they would. I mean, honestly, it's New Year's. I think because one, like Pete said, it is New Year's. Uh, people, I, I don't. Maybe it's not so much they want to see uh, Misfits; it's because they want to party on New Year's Eve. Uh, but also maybe because it's the original lineup on New Year's Eve. Dude, but there's nothing more anti-punk rock than charging five hundred fucking dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can't. We can't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You can't go with punk rock, but you know, everybody listening to this podcast, if you're had a couple drinks celebrating New Year's Eve and singing Last Caress or any Misfits song that you're oh I got something just with these guys it's a moment that you'll never forget in your life that's the way I see it truly even if they don't sound even if they don't sound great you know it's like it's it I'm just telling you like so it would have been cool but you're you know as an adult you always think of the headache to get there right and then when you're finally there you do the exhale All right, I'm here and that's and then when you get the car, all right. But it, it is such an effort, right? Um, and when you're talking about the older bands with the older fans, man, that's all of us. Like we're all coming in there with this negative, like, all right, we got it. <laughs> but the young kids are all fucking stoked. So <laughs> I, I I love it all. And they they don't, don't care. Know, are young kids are, are young kids stoked? To I don't know anymore. I feel like I feel like I hear more no, complaining. Young kids are stoked to see <laughs> Oh, dude, you guys are wrong. Fuck. Are you kidding me? You guys are wrong on that. Hey, dude. I think I I think there wouldn't have been a personal matter if there was some young kids buying tickets to see the misfits, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, oh, I get it. You're get saying it. low I, ticket I, sales canceled the show. Down. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Anyways, that's I mean, speculation. I, I, we're speculating. We're speculating about the truth. There is a lot of competition <laughs> on that night. A lot of competition for the misfits. <laughs> Um, and the price tag. So that's that's the reality. There is a fucking top tier band or act playing. Like there's 25 to choose from. With that, it's time. The reason you guys are here. Let's celebrate heavy metal. Let's celebrate one of the great artists, great bands. Candlemas, Johan Lindquist. Here is my interview with him. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What, like when when people say your name, what do they? How do they say it incorrectly the most? No, they used to say Johan, and and in Sweden we say you won. You won. Ah. You won. Yeah. So that's very yeah, similar. It's very similar to the Peter Petter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna say you won because we're yeah, yeah. we're on that page now. So um, super excited. So um, let me introduce everybody out there. You know, I hit record just a second ago, but you won from Kendall Mass is here on the show to grace us, dude. We're here to celebrate your guys' new record, Sweet Evil Son. It's coming out November. 18th man uh it's so let's talk about the follow-up it's the follow-up whether to the door to doom uh that record was received really well i know it got on some uh best metal albums of the year stuff like that um and you guys took about 18 months it said in the press release to write record and do this record uh tell us about kind of the journey from that album to now yeah uh you know I, I, I wasn't involved in 18 months. You know, Leif is the main writer of the music and the lyrics in Candlemas. And, of course, we did a couple of demos during the time he was writing. Um, but he, I think he worked on, on, on this for about 18 months. For you, yeah. when was, were, were you involved sporadically per song? Um, during that time or how did you guys come together and start putting these songs together when you're kind of getting more you know I don't know if you guys demoed them finalized them or file sharing I don't know how it was all done but when did you get your part uh, to get in there and, and, and lay down your, your vocals yeah uh, as you as you mentioned you know he, he writes all the songs and he makes demos and if he wanted to record the demos in the studio he calls me and i'm coming down and we do a couple of demos and then he take the songs back and listening to them and maybe he does a couple of changes either in the music or in the lyrics and stuff like that but uh, in the end when 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 we all think that all the songs are complete then we go into the studio you know, I have a couple of nights, and then the guitar, Lasse and Mappe, they have a couple of days, and then we go back the next week, and uh, nothing special, pretty much, <laughs> as it as it used to be when you, you do the recordings. So, but but that's of course uh, in the very end when when we were pretty sure of uh, how how the songs are going to be. Now, for you as just a fan of the genre of, of metal and music and all that stuff, obviously you guys have been around. I mean, the band, it started in like 84. I know the the record, 1986, Epicus, Dumicus, yeah. Metallicus, yeah, yeah. is such yeah. the, you know, the, the one that a lot of us just, you know, blew our minds. When, when you were kind of impressionable at that time and the band was more starting or you were getting involved, what do you think was the 
kind of the biggest visual and style influence for you? Do you think it was film or were you more into like kind of books and stuff like that? You know, when I started my career mm-hmm. as, as doing music, uh, it started when I was 10, 11 years old, something like that. And I think I heard T-Rex and Mud on a jukebox somewhere. I think that's where I was uh, got interested in music and then I, I found I think it was Diamond Dogs with David Bowie mm. and then uh, a couple of and of course Killers with Alice Cooper and uh, a couple of uh, uh, records with Kiss in the very beginning when I was very young but then after a couple of years you know I found uh, what made the most uh, what inspired me the most, and it was Judas Priest when I bought Sad Wings of Destiny. That's uh, why, when it all started for real, and, and me and my friends were talking about starting a band, you know, like it is when you're a teenager. And then, of course, we found the Rainbow uh, Rising and the Down to Earth and... Yeah, there were so many great bands, uh, in my opinion, uh, back in the 80s. And, uh, and then, of course, Black Sabbath was a big influence as well. Uh, oh, more, what more? Uh, yeah, give me more questions. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, no. And all those influences, though, um, when, you, when you were in a band, did you start off doing like cover songs like a lot of bands did back then before you started doing original stuff? Yeah, I think we were were about 15 when a couple of guys from the hoods just started up a band. And we did, I think, in the very beginning, Thin Lizzy covers. Mm. But uh, pretty much I started to write uh, my own songs and involved uh, one or two of the guys from the band in that. And uh, after a couple of years, we, we only did our own songs, actually. I'm, I'm actually not that much into do covers of course i can do one of my own personal favorites but uh, uh, you know i I find it more exciting to write songs uh, myself or or be a part of candlemas doing the great songs from can the candlemas uh, library of course yeah and uh adding this one sweet evil sun everybody out november 18th it's it's uh you, you guys seem to be firing on all cylinders and everybody seems to be really, really excited. Um, I know that we had a pandemic in between. Um, I know things were a little bit different, you know, in your region and stuff like that. But um, how did that affect your guys' live resurrection um, for, for you yourself personally? Yeah, you know, uh, I've, got act, I've actually got an ordinary job. Mm-hmm. So I can't, unfortunately, I can't live on music so far, but... So actually, for me personally, uh, I was pretty much doing the same things as I usually do when I'm not out there playing with Candlemas. And of course, it was a sad time because we were doing pretty good when the pandemic came. But uh, fortunately, now it feels like it just continues now when the pandemic is over so i'm lucky for that but it was a 
we did a couple of you know live stream shows mm-hmm. uh, it was okay but of course it's not the same as traveling around and doing live gigs so uh, uh, yeah, it was a time to think, and may, maybe that's one of the reasons why this album came so quick after the, the other albums. So it it had it has something it had something good in it. I don't know in a way, but of course it was a, it took too long, and you know we had to put every single game game uh, gig forward in time so that that wasn't fun but um, now we're back again and it feels very good <laughs> uh, and and the record is i'm telling you man it's a for me i was a huge fan of the door of doom door to doom sorry and uh yeah. this is just such a uh, it's it's a step up in a lot of ways the continuation but there's new sounds new things going on um yeah really uh really cool obviously the, the tony iomi uh track on that record is is kind of you know, really special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> no one, no one believed it. we would, we would have him to do the solo. So it's pretty amazing, actually. And and he's of course he's the grandfather of great guitar riffs. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. How did you guys? And we're talking about if people, people, I'm sure you guys know the Door to Doom uh, track three. It had a guitar solo from Tony Iommi. How do you know how that all felt to place on your comeback album yeah, with the band and Tony came in? Yeah, actually, I wasn't involved ah. at that point, but they they told me that uh, Mappa and Leif were sitting down just talking about the the new album, and uh, Leif said, "Should we?" Do, try to get Tony Iommi to do a guitar solo on this record and Mappa said that yeah I don't think so I don't think he's doing things like that for other bands but Leif just said that yeah I'm going to send him an an email anyway and so he did and uh, I don't know if he sent it to his manager or whatever but uh, in the end he said yes so that was pretty easy. <laughs> I I think Matt have Leif, uh, Leif have uh, met uh, Tony uh, back in time somewhere. So uh, I think Tony was a bit familiar with Candlemas, and maybe if I should do something, I could help these guys out. Something like that. <laughs> That that's a that's a that's a dream team. It's a dream come true. Like you said, he's the he's the for the you know the god godfather, if I may, grandfather as well of the of the of the yeah, sound yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to call Dio the grandfather mm. of vocals, and uh, Tony Iommi is definitely the the grandfather of great heavy guitar riffs. <laughs> now, which brought up Dio obviously uh very near and dear to my heart um and and everybody out there um which uh which era of Black Sabbath do you prefer if you want to listen to as a fan the Dio era or the Ozzy era yeah actually I I was hooked a couple not not, uh, the very first albums you know I Mm. I really love the albums with Dio and uh, Tony Martin and uh, so that's where I got into Black Sabbath. Mm. Uh, I'm actually I, I don't I don't know why, why I'm not uh, that 
interested in the 70s, uh, 70s stuff uh, as much as I am into the stuff from the 80s. I, you, you know, there were a lot of great, you know, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin and so many great bands, but they didn't touch me the way that, for example, Priest did and Rainbow and then later on the uh, Sabbath albums. So... That's just the way I am, you know. Oh, People it, are different. <laughs> yeah, it's timing. No, I'm with you, man. Like the the Rainbow Era Dio is uh, going into the Rainbow or to the Black Sabbath era uh, Dio. I mean, those are my go-to records for those yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the way it is, and and uh, I'll never say anything bad about the first. I mean, six Black Sabbath records with Ozzy, obviously. But no, I mean, no, 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 no. But my go-to is always. It's always uh, heaven or hell. Dude, I'll tell you, Dehumanizer was probably the biggest one for me. And that was like 92 or something. I don't remember. Yeah. But that yeah. Com- that comeback record, man, I just remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah, of course. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I it's I was lucky enough to see Heaven and Hell live. Um, last time I got to see Dio on that stage. And uh, oh. it was, uh, yeah. Did you get to see, by chance, um Heaven and Hell or the Black Sabbath era during your time? Did you no, 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 unfortunately not, actually. Uh, but but I, I've seen it now, later mm. on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, such an amazing group. Just four people making the music sound so big. So they're great musicians and deals, vocals. They were awesome. Yeah. Are awesome. <laughs> timeless. He, he, lives, he lives on forever. <laughs> yeah, timeless, man. You said yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough, and, and obviously, you know, you know, losing Dio was something that I, I never saw coming at the time. But uh, yeah. it's just one of those things that I always remind myself, like, get out of the house. Go see that band. You know, like, yeah. you never know, man. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never met. Do myself? But oh. I know a lot of people that uh, that have met him, and they said that he was such a wonderful guy as well. So that's uh, very nice and polite. And I think someone told me that he is he he was very good in remembering names. In you know, you meet a lot of people when you're out there, and I don't. I hardly remember any names at all when you when you're out on the mm-hmm. road and stuff like that. <laughs> so, but he was um, he 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 was very polite. Uh, I've been told so, and uh, such a sweet and nice man. So that's that takes him either even higher <laughs> up in the stars. It does. It does, dude. Yeah. They're, they're, the, the, w repu- the double reputation of, uh, especially at a time when he was growing up, excess was such a, uh, a, it was just part of it, right? But yeah. he, he seemed to just always come out shining, man. And that's huge. That says a lot about his character. And we could do yeah. this all day. We can do this all day because we we are fans of Dio. Who, what vocalist, if you were to have, um, you know, I guess from your childhood, um, youth and stuff like that, what vocalist would you like to maybe guest um, on a Candlemas record with you? Yeah, there, there are there are of course a lot of great uh, vocalists out there, but but you know the very first one that I kind of fell in love with was actually Robert Halford. Mm. You know, I. I really love the way his character on stage and uh, all the stuff around him at that point. And 
then I then I found Dio, and he he's just uh, such a uh, perfect. He's so perfect in so many. He's perfect in so many ways. He's a very good uh, technical singer too. And I, I I I'm not sure. I don't know actually his background if he. He he just sang, or if he was had some kind of education about it, but he's he's more he was more high pitched than I, I than I am. So uh, I, I unfortunately I can't sing <laughs> the way he does. <laughs> Did it's special? Yeah, there's a documentary out there. I don't know when it's going to get released, but they just made one on him. Uh, Dio. Okay. Yeah, like a, I believe it was going to play in cinemas across the world. I just don't know the dates, like you know, not not things. But okay. there will be some we, uh, some answers to these questions, you know, <laughs> like when we watch okay. that. Okay. Okay. So Perfect. It's gonna be <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be awesome, man. So, um, yeah. back to just another follow up question, man. Everybody, one more time. Candlemass's new record, Sweet Evil Sun, is coming out November eighteenth. Um, now with this uh with this album, there is a visual. There's a an animated video out there for the title track. Um, yeah. Tell me about like, do you guys have the input into stuff like that? Or is there any notes that you give out when, when you're going to you, go with something like that? Yeah. I, I, I can say that, that um, uh, I know that the way the videos are, you know, the style and everything, that's pretty much the way I'm used to uh, see candle mess mm-hmm. stuff actually and of course you know the guy who's doing all this he's sending live pictures and all kind of kinds of pictures and live is showing us pictures when it comes to the album and there he he has really found what 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 a candle mask cover should be in a way Absolutely, the cover is awesome. Again, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Said, it is always great covers. Always, man. And the artist's name. I hope I say his name right. It's uh, Eric Rovenpera. Is that sound right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I've I've never met him actually. I've oh. just seen the picture that he's sending to Leif, and Leif is showing them to us. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's that's yeah. cool. But yeah, he's he's definitely got it there. I I'd like to say his name so everybody does check out the art and the and the video obviously for the for the title track. Now, um, mm-hmm. when you guys are gonna name the record, uh, are you a fan of naming it after a song on the record, or do you like to do it kind of on the on the cuff of almost like a general word name? What what do you what is your favorite um way to do it? You know, I. Uh, because Leif is the main writer, so mm-hmm. I, I, I have pretty much have my trust in Leif, actually. He's working very hard with everything. He's kind of a professor with the pictures and uh, the guitar riffs and everything around the song. So uh, I have a lot of trust in what he is doing. And then, of course, he, show, he shows us what, what he thinks and asking us if we think it's good too and I can tell you that it's always good when he has found something so <laughs> he's pretty sure of how what he's looking for and when he finds it it's just perfect so uh, 
since I, because I'm not the main writer in this band, it's not exactly my job to do to do it either. I can I see it kind of something like that, but. Um, gotcha. Now the trust the trust in a collaboration is is vital, especially when you have such a a huge trust, like you're saying with Leif. Um, and, yeah. And the collaboration, a lot of times, um, as we were talking about, you guys did some live streams uh, during that pandemic time. First time yeah. you ever did anything like that, or no? Is it was there something in the yeah, past? Yeah, yeah, I've never done anything like that before, and it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. You know. I, you you have to think like you're an actor or something. <laughs> so, you know, they, they're talking about looking to the cameras and uh, stuff like that. But they actually told me that they, they thought I was pretty good doing this, <laughs> this show. So uh, it was it was fun in a way, yeah. but not, not exactly as playing live, of course. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the live thing. So... Tell me about uh, when you did come out to the States here uh, recently. Tell me about how, how the, you know, after the pandemic, how the crowds were. It seems to be different. We took it for granted, you know, before. Yeah. And then now, yeah. you know, this re-envision of it. How was that experience for you? You know, uh, actually, the, the, the big change was when you had to use your, what I don't know what it's called, for your mouth, mouth uh, mask. Uh, oh, the mask. Face mask. Yes. Yeah, the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we were doing the gigs, there were no masks at all. So the gigs were uh, pretty much the same way it used to be. And uh, New York was uh, awesome, actually. Mm. You know, the, the, uh, I think I think 100% of the people in the audience, they, they sang along with... in. Uh, Pretty much all all the songs, more or less. So it was awesome. Nice, dude. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great small tour, actually. Yeah. And I mean, but that's the thing. It's an event. You know, it's an event. It's for a lot of us out here. It's a big deal. So that's that's awesome news. Um, and then yeah. uh, when I mean, you know, one more time, everybody. I want to tell everybody, Candlemax's latest record, "Sweet Evil Sun," is coming out November eighteenth. Make sure, make sure, make sure. You guys <laughs> are picking up, listening to it, dude. It's it's a it's a fantastic time. Uh, going back live stream, a lot of the bands were doing them um, with uh, with the live streams that you guys did. There, some were doing them pre recorded, some were doing them just live. Mistakes happening. Um, what ha- what was your experience? Did you guys kind of get to do? Yeah, it? we did them live, live, straight on, straight on. If there are any mistakes, I I haven't uh, checked that out so very well. If there are any mistakes, but that was hundred percent live. Beautiful, yeah. The one we did, the ones we did, yeah, yeah, for and it, sure. And that's a, uh, I mean, that's that's part of the fun though, because there's got to be an excitement and it's kind of a, a fear of it. That I, I like, I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm a fan of them. Definitely not the same, for sure. No, but no. Uh, I'm a fan that uh, you know people figured that out and, and did that for us fans at the time when we couldn't go anywhere. It was it was huge. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and as I told you, I liked it too, but it's not the same. No. But it was fun, but in another way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. So uh, just so we can promote one more time before I get you off the phone here, I know our time's almost running out. Sweet Evil Sun is coming out November 18th. Yeah. Now, on this record... If there's a live song that you want to play that you're excited to get out to the audience, there might be 
nine, ten, you know. But which yeah. one? Which one do you, uh, you personally are you like? You like this is the one I really want to just get out to the audience and keep in that set list from this album. Yeah, yeah, could be Sweet Evil Sun actually. Mm. It could be, but they're, they're, I, in my opinion, they all are great songs, and uh, uh, that what may that is what makes this it's so uh, cool to be in the band because. Uh, Candlemas has has done so many great songs, and this very album is, uh, in my opinion, a very good album. And if you uh, liked The Door to Doom, I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this one think it's at least as good as Door to Doom, or even better, because mm. we had more time. You know, Door to Doom. I had three weeks to finish the record when I did the Door to Doom album, and now we had more time to play around, having fun in the studio, try out a lot of different kind of vocals for the songs. So we really had a good time in the studio. And Marcus, the engineer, he's an amazing guy as well. It's very musical. Nice, dude. And then you had a uh, uh, Jenny Ann from Avatarium on yeah, the yeah, last record. Mar- yeah, Marcus' wife. And oh. I, I've actually known Marcus mm. for a lot of years before uh, I got into Candlemas. So we we've actually done a couple of things together back in time, me and Marcus. And <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> she she has a lovely voice. So yeah. She did a very good job on that song. So when death sighs, it's a, a very beautiful chorus line. I I, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, that was my, my, upon my first listen. That was the uh, the like that was the track that stood out like to me. I was like, oh, it's great. But again, she was on yeah. the last record as well, and it and her voice works really well with you. And um, it's yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. It's it's something the fans are gonna love, man. So uh, with that, one more time, I got to promote it, man. Everybody. Make sure you're picking up the latest record from Candlemas, Sweet Evil Sun. It's coming out November 18th. Johan, I want to thank you so much, my friend, for calling in. Been a fan for so many years here to the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you, Peter, for calling me up. It was an honor talking to you. To man called death A ring of reapers gathering round my shrine Life does keep her, give me some Yeah.
guys, and we are back. Both songs you heard is off the latest record from Candle Mass. Sweet Evil Sun is out right now. Make sure you are checking it out, picking it up. It's a fantastic, fantastic time, always with Candle Mass. First song you heard is When Death Sighs, and second song, Sweet Evil Sun, the title track to the record. Make sure you're picking up Sweet Evil Sun. It is out right now. With that, I want to thank everybody out there. For the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes, you guys are the best. If you go over to Apple iTunes, click five stars. That's all we ask for as a podcast team. We truly, truly appreciate it. And the support on our other podcasts, Rise to Offend. Uh, I was just telling Sylvia and Jaws, I'm like, you know what? We haven't put out an episode in like a year. Um, and it's really sad, and I, my heart's broken. So I'm like, let me check the numbers and see if anybody's listening. And lo and behold, our numbers are still really good. So that was exciting to know that people are listening to the back catalog. We've done over 100 episodes. So go check out the documentary discussion, Rise to Offend. You guys are motivating me to figure out how the fuck to keep doing that show. So um, with that, anything else, ladies, before we ride on out? Oh, go to wizardofjazz.com and come see me live. I'm going to be, um, I usually take the holidays off, but I'll have a few shows here and there. I'm starting January 19th in Las Vegas. Uh, at a comic club somewhere. I'll, I'll announce it soon, but you need to follow me. So go to wizardofjazz.com. Yes. Do that. Sylvia? Yes. Mm, say bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Should I do my stripper commercial voice? Yes, that's yeah. the best voice. <laughs> Bye. Jeez. <laughs> mm, I creeped out, Dodge. Come be. Till next week, everyone. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.